Previously on Anything Goes. I'm like, okay, Darren, would you get into a hot tub if a strange man that you didn't know was sitting in it by himself? Depends how big the hot tub is. Well, what about the, the one, one upstairs? No, I wouldn't. No, it's yeah. Small. I'd be weirded. I'd be weirded out yeah. by that. And I so, won't get in. I won't get in if children are in it. Yes. Uh, because that is also yeah. Oh, it's like man. a real kind of creepy. Yeah. It's sure. Like, I gotta wait. You know. And then or if they, you are in, you gotta keep your hands up. <laughs> the, <laughs> the water. Yeah. Like just like, hey, look at me. Yeah. <laughs> just make sure that your bathing suit doesn't flow to the surface. Or anything like that. That'd be extra weird. But uh, but like now I was thinking about this too. But now would you get into a hot tub if uh, a strange guy was in there that like just a strange man? Um, depends how weird and creepy Weird he, he was creepy? What if it was I... me? No. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know Dave? Probably not. Oh, uh, if I didn't know you. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I probably, if I really wanted to go in the hot tub, I would, because usually they will leave. Because yeah, they yeah. feel, right. like, now they're like, oh, out. I'm creeping you out. Yeah. It's, it's that same feeling of, like, when... And now, let's get to a new exciting show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you? Remember, if you don't remember it, it never happened. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? Dave Martin. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. And Kathleen McGee. And I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you. Can you dig it? Comedy would change people's minds, but at the same time, it's sort of like, even like the, the ratings for The Daily Show have gone down since Jon Stewart left. But even when The Daily Show was at its peak, it was only maybe had 4 million viewers. And that was in the States, which is 320, 330 million people. So not that many people, probably more people see it, you know, on, in, on YouTube clips now than the actual show itself. So you always want to think that comedy is going to be, make a big difference and it's, it's going to change people's minds. But, you know, who, who knows? But... One thing that always bugs me is sort of like, what do conservatives watch when it comes to comedy? Well, that's every, the thing, though, we don't know. So left-leaning. But this is, we don't know what they watch because we don't, our friends aren't conservatives. Like, right. we are in a social, we are in a left-leaning social media bubble. And, like, that's what I've been, been finding more is, like, because I keep on thinking, well, why isn't everybody on my social media is talking about wearing masks? What the fuck? But right. it's because I don't have friends that are way on the right, like, and it kind of like, sometimes I'm like, I think that this is getting to, we're getting into dangerous things where we just refuse to even listen to the other side, whether they're right or wrong. There's no dialogue between the two anymore. And it's just like, everybody is fighting, but nobody is actually talking. So nobody oh. is actually learning. Right. So there are people on the left that are, that are learning and that, that, that are, that are, are trying and, there are people on the right that like still don't all keep screaming all lives matter, you know, but I don't see that because I've deleted everybody that does that. So right. it's well, kind it's of like, like, I don't know. It's kind of a little crazy. I don't know. It's getting social <laughs> Social media is an echo chamber. It's yeah. kind of built in that. I only want to talk to people that, you know, we can, we can disagree on minor things. Like I don't like Justin Bieber. You do, but yeah. politics we can't disagree on. And there's a lot of people that have left Facebook and then switched just either Instagram or Twitter because it even cuts down on the conversation even more. 
so you can really protect protect yourself from having to talk to these kinds of people. But I, I agree, it's, it's dangerous times, and there is tons of right comics, like right-leaning comics. We just don't know about them because we don't do shows with them. Or even like look at the whole when the first time, uh, what's his name with the uh, get her done, Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah. When they came a guy and all those guys did the blue collar tour, it seemed like they just came out of nowhere from my point of view. And all of a sudden they were playing giant like stadiums and arenas. But all those guys have been playing that Southern kind and American base that doesn't care about politics that much or is right leaning. We just don't know about them. The, you know, the, the puppeteer with Ahmed the terrorist. What's his name? Um, oh, Jeff, Jeff Dunham. Yeah. I mean that he, you know, his comedy is very right-leaning in terms of his audience base. So there is tons of them, or they're comics that don't even, you know, talk about politics and they uh, attract. That's who I, they're attracting. No, they're not I, I, me or you or Dave. The, those are the guys, though. But I mean, like Larry the Cable Guy, Bill Engvall, and um, uh, Jeff Foxworthy. They never really get political in their. Right. I mean, I, I think. Uh, well, you know what? What's his name did? Larry the Cable Guy did because it was a lot of like, kept these turban guys after 9-11 out of here and this, 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 and America's number one. But that was because a huge event happened. He was kind of playing to his base. But yeah, right, yeah but, uh, Foxworthy doesn't. Yeah, but it's sort of like, I mean, I mean, if Larry the Cable Guy is just, he's in a character and he's playing to the people that like that character. I mean, I, I don't know what Dan Wheatley actually thinks of politically, but... Well, uh, but it's sort of like, even like with Sasha Baron Cohen, it must be sort of hard for him when he's on stage and he's sort of spouting this sort of, you know, this sort of uh, these uh, uh, racist sort of right wing songs. Um, but the people that are watching him don't, they just think he's a guy who's singing and they're enjoying him. And it must at a certain point, even for him, he must be like, oh, shit, I hope that these people or I hope that the people that watch this footage get it, you know, and aren't just watching it and just enjoying me genuinely as this person, you know? But there are, there are comics that are like, that, I mean, we know one, I'm, I don't want to name him because I don't know, I don't want to, anyway, he is doing Trump, pro-Trump material and pro this, and he is very, like, he is very right-leaning, and yep. he obviously won't get booked anywhere because none right. of the rooms, most of the rooms are booked by liberals, liberal-type yes. people. Yes. I, I just think that the left um, is censoring everybody so much uh, that right. when they don't agree with them, that now we're going to get a, you're going to see a resurgence of like, of edgy, but like right side comedy making their own thing. Like I've already seen it in Toronto. There's some guys out there that are like making their own thing and yeah. they're very edgy and very like opinionated and, and, you know, offensive, I guess, to some people. But this is what happens when you stop allowing people, comics, to come up and just do their material and see if it works. I don't know. It's kind of hard. See, you, know, you know what I see a lot of? And I don't know if you've watched any of Ryan Long's videos lately. But the yeah. last couple, uh, if, if I just base it on the last four or five videos he's done, I have no idea which side he's leaning. Because he takes shots at both sides. And both are pretty cutting. And both are pretty funny. So yeah. I'm obviously very left-leaning, but even when he takes shots at what I think, what I normally do, he's done such a good job at the other side. It's like, you know what? You can't have the gun just pointing one way. You do have to fire on both sides if you're going to be that kind of thing that he's trying to do. 
I mean, and I, you have to have left both sides get together and, and talk like this is crazy everyone is just like sticking to whoever agrees with them and then just condemning everybody who doesn't agree with them as being dumb and stupid and no one is going to learn or change if we don't have discussion it's not it's just it feels like such a split right now and it's like everybody I, I, just I, thinks they're right <laughs> i really I, I really like what brian long's doing on uh like videos right now yeah. uh and i think he's making i think he's doing a great job at mocking both sides yeah because yeah. at the end of the day it's both sides especially when it comes to media it's all about really making money for them and it's sort of like, I mean, I think that, sure, there are sort of maybe more liberal, uh, left-leaning bookers, but I also think that those bookers, it's not that they don't like, like, conservatism or the, the right. It's more just they, they don't want to put anyone in their club that's going to be, you know... Damaging I, to their show or get their show canceled. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's yeah. too much of a risk, no matter what politics, political side you're on. I mean, I think you can make fun of you can make fun of liberals and you can make fun of the right. But I mean, if someone's just going to go up and be uh, shitting on uh, uh, liberals and and, and waving the, the conservative flag, probably you're not going to get booked because no one wants to be that challenged when they go to a comedy club. People probably do want to just laugh. So I think as much as there might be a resurgence in edgy comedy, I think there's just going to be as much of a bigger boom in sort of just silly, not political, uh, yeah. just let's have a good time comedy as well. Because I think after so much, you know, you see so much shit on social media that People, when they go to a show, they just want to might want to just have a good time and forget about it and forget about Trump and forget about this. So it's sort of like, you know, it, it's like that. Uh, there was like a, an article about Walmart and selling like they were selling Pride T-shirts and then they were selling straight Pride T-shirts yeah. and they were yes. selling like uh, Black Lives Every Matter T-shirts and All Lives Matter, at All Lives Matter yep. T-shirts, Blue Lives Matter. And so I mean, what, it just comes down to the end is it's all about making money and they just want to. They just want to be right down the center. I don't think Walmart sort of leans one way or the other, but they, it just is about making it, money. It, for it's, them. Walmart's very right because it but is. They about are very right, right, but then so yeah. but, but they're selling Pride cheap T-shirts just yep. to make a buck. Yep. yep. Yes. They sure. want money for everyone. They want money yes. from everyone. <laughs> and you know, and what's so crazy is that it's sort of like I'm always surprised that the gay community doesn't sort of jump on the backs of a lot of corporations that are waving this pride flag when you really, it's like, you don't really care about gay rights. I mean, you just care about making money and you're jumping on this sort of pride bandwagon to show that you're okay with something that nobody ever questioned whether you were okay with or not. You right. know, it's, it's sort of like every time that someone puts out a, a status that just says, listen, I just want to say that I support Black Lives Matter, blah, 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 blah. It's sort of like, well, we never thought that you didn't. But it's almost that weird sort of like, what are you covering up for that you feel like you, you have to constantly be like, I'm supporting everybody. I'm supporting everybody. Look at me. It's like nobody ever doubted that. So it's sort of like, it's just, it's this weird sort of like all, almost guilty conscious that people have of like, I, I, it's just, it's, it's such a, a never ending sort of, I know that's virtue signal waving and everyone gets on people's backs about that too. But um, it's just. Yeah. I think it's, I think like, so there's this thing that happened in Edmonton, one of the Edmonton Eskimos, it's a terrible name, they have okay. to change it, but yes. one of the Edmonton Eskimo football players tweeted, men should not marry men, women should not marry women, this is my opinion, that's me. And, all, and it got picked up by people, and all these people started demanding that he be let go and everything, 
And then the Edmonton Eskimos let him go. And then he came back with a tweet and he said, like, you know, I was wrong. I'm sorry. I spoke with Janice Irwin, who is a lesbian um, and um, uh, uh, what's not MP, but like provincial one. Anyway, like she, she's a politician with the NDP. And right. she actually tweeted when he tweeted that what you're saying is hurting people. And I don't think you understand. And I'd love to talk to you about it. And so he talked to her and then he tweeted, like, I spoke with her and I, I understand that I was wrong. I'm sorry. So he apologized. And then you look at all the tweets after it's like too late, too fucking late. Like, no, fuck you. Good riddance to you. And I'm like, people aren't, people aren't going to change if you can't let them learn from their mistakes and that and everybody makes mistakes. I don't care who you are. Everybody has done something not good or bad or something that they could apologize for. And I think that now you, no matter what you can't, you can't get, you can't even apologize anymore because no one will accept it. It's like those pe- all those people that said, uh, you know, fuck you, it's too late, you know, you said it, that's it, for, that's it for you. Those are probably all the same people that are like, we should sit down for a discussion and we should learn. It to is, talk it with is. But it, and, and, and again, it's insane because all those people are the same ones that go, fuck you, you said this 20 years ago, that must be still your opinion now. Who gives a shit what you actually think of, of things today? I'm not yeah. going to bother talking to you, so I'm going to believe what you did, whatever. And it's just, it goes on and on and on. And it's just, but I mean, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I, I was, I mean, people, I just. People, people aren't as forgiving as they think they are. And if yeah. you even look at, like, I was just talking to my son about this uh, yesterday, that because of this whole idea of even paying your debt to society, for example, if someone goes to jail for something and they do the time, that is the law of the land telling them that's what they have to pay their debt to society. And then once they come out, they shouldn't be shamed after that because they've paid their debt. But there are still people that no matter what the crime, if you're the victim, of course, or related to yeah. that, of course. But just me knowing, like if I go into a restaurant, 25, 50% of the people that work in restaurants probably have committed some kind of crime because it's a job that doesn't matter what their past is. All they have to do is make sure the eggs are done right today. And they can do a good job today. And they yeah. do a good job today. And that's what I'm paying for. I'm not paying for to make sure that you have a crew and a clientele back there that have never done anything wrong and therefore shouldn't be forgiven. But the society, there is a pocket of society that wants that. You were in jail for this. You should for the rest of your life. I don't want anything to do with you. You can't have it. It's not possible. Or the whole world would have to be shot because everyone has something, like you said, that they're not proud of, that they did wrong in the flash of the moment. And if it came back to haunt you, you'd be in trouble. You mean you don't, want, you don't want to know whether the guy that is making your chicken wings is pro, pro-abortion or a pro, pro-life? That's not a big deal. I don't. Deal you. Not when you're killing chickens. <laughs> well, they're not. Uh, well, if they were doing it live in front of you, you might. Yes. Sort of like, hey. <laughs> yeah. It's always funny to me too. It's like everyone loved. Everyone always references that one that that gay couple that went into the store to get a wedding cake. Yeah, Yeah. but but everyone always seems to leave out the fact that they went to five, four other bakeries first, and those four bakeries said, "Yeah, sure, we'll make you a cake." Right. And then so they they literally kept on going to a bakery until they found one that said no, and then they were like, "Oh, okay, now we have an issue." But it's like, what about the first four that said that you were okay? that they were okay with making you a cake. That's not a, that's not a part of the story. Let's, we'll focus in on the one that doesn't. And, and should the one that refused to make the cake, should they make a cake? Well, I mean, I think it's up to them. I mean, it's sort of like, 
I mean, what what if you what if you went in and said, "Oh, I want a big cake with a swastika on it." Probably the it's, up to, it's totally up to them, but it's also up to everybody to not go to their bakery anymore. And to know. they don't agree. And to, and to know. know. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's fine for us to know, and then I can make a decision whether I want to support that business anymore. 100%. Yeah, right. But, right. like, yeah. Like, that's, I mean, and if, there, and if there's enough anti-gay people that want to shop there and buy and spend their money, and if I was part of a gay organization, I would go there to view who's going in to know that those are the people that are spending their money and supporting that kind of business. Well, they why have the right you go to, to the first four bakeries and then just support them? It just seems to be like a such a, a, a weird uh, tactic where you're not really going to make much of a difference at all. I mean, put the one bakery well, because I think what I think what you're really saying, Dave, is that they they weren't trying to get a cake. They're trying to get the outcome they wanted. They want and that's to get the caught. problem. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. You know, if you go in this world searching for it, you're going to find it. Right. And you can either take your time spending it finding it, which they have the right to do, or you can spend your time just being happy with the people that want to serve you. And some people want to be activists and some people don't. So I mean, you know, it's it's a hard yeah. it's a hard thing to call. Yeah. I mean, and you I personally can... I don't I don't want to shop anywhere that's not gonna provide a cake for a gay couple. I don't. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And I want to know. <laughs> I want to know who they are so I don't give them my money. I've never bought a Papa John's pizza in my entire life. Because once I found out that they've sponsored the government and lobbied for uh, anti-gay things, I said, I'm never going to spend another dime there. I choose. To, that's how I do most of my activism now. I, I, don't, I can't march. I don't live in a city that does it, like, you know, Toronto or whatever. I choose to never spend a dime in organizations that I know have been either bad in the past to certain groups of uh, people or are still political about it. I choose just not to spend my money there. Hi, this is Gavin Stevens. You're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Kathleen McGee, and Dave Martin, who's holding the microphone on XFM Radio. So, this is this is the show. Let's have a hand. Okay, so the one thing I think we all can agree on is that Ron Jeremy is in a lot of trouble. <laughs> right yeah, out he's of the in jump. big, big trouble. He's, big, in, big he's trouble. in 14-inch cop territory trouble. Yeah, as he when, should be, as he should be. And, you, and when you say that he's in big trouble, uh, a trouble is not the name of a porn star. No. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> uh, so it's been, he's accused of at least three rape charges of three different women. Um, and I mean, I wonder if, and maybe we should talk to a porn star at one time, but I wonder if Ron Jeremy's kind of like their Cosby. Like it's been kind of known because there's a lot of porn stars that have a no Ron Jeremy clause. Well, I, I've, I've seen other documentaries. I think, uh, I don't, I can't remember if it was one of those ones that was like uh, when porn ends, the, uh, or after one, porn. two, three, four, eight. Yeah. 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 Uh, I know there's one woman in it that at one point she said, in my career, I just had two uh, stipulations that uh, I won't work with animals or Ron Jeremy, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, he's had a long history of, of just of being an asshole on set and not being respectful. But I mean, also he's, he's a guy that's come up through the seventies and through the eighties, which must, must've been like the wild west of porn uh where people just could seem to get away and do whatever they wanted to just you know. like cosby came up in the 70s and 80s yeah the wild yeah. west of sitcoms 
and yes. he could do whatever he wanted. And, and yeah, like, and show business, and and not. I mean, that's the one thing about now is like everybody has a voice and everybody can use it for good. Uh, but you know, I, I think everyone in the seventies and eighties thought that we can just get away with everything forever. And, and but they could, that, like this, there's a difference between like saying some off color things in the seventies and raping women. Oh, so I'm not, this isn't something that's like, Oh, he did it in the seventies. He didn't 100%. know it wasn't okay. And he knew it wasn't okay. But his, so, his, claim, his claim is, is that these women, it's now regret that they wanted to sleep with him. So I've been around Ron Jeremy a few times in my career. Once in, in I think it was like the late 90s in Toronto. He had warts all over his hands. It was weird. It was kind of creepy. But I will say there was a lot of women that were kind of throwing themselves at him. And he would go in a room and probably something would happen. And that would happen a lot. And I think he is claiming, and I'm not saying this is true, that it was a product of this kind of situation. And then the women regret what they do. And now they're claiming it. And a lot of rapists say that. That's what I was going to say. That's very easy for him to say because a lot of people saw that kind of activity and be like, yeah, I bet a girl does regret get a little too drunk and then sucking them off in a room, not expecting to do that. So it, the, the defense makes sense, but that doesn't mean it's right. Like you said. And well, how, can I, he, how can he say that? He's not in their minds. Like he, he there's no way he can say, Oh, it's big, oh, she just regretted it. Like, it, like that's a it. dumb defense. Like, yes, yes. But that is the defense he's carrying and he's going to try to use that. And uh, I mean, that's a defense that has worked in the past in the criminal system for rape. What, that yeah. they were into it? and That they were into it, and then they regretted it. And then, yeah. you know, they'll, they'll deep dive the victim. They'll find all this sexual history about the victim. They'll use it against her. I mean, this isn't new ground. Well, but Patrice O'Neill has had a joke about getting a uh, fall. I don't know, I don't know the exact term, like a follow-up, I didn't rape you text, like a, in the next morning. Thanks, I had a great night with you. That was great. And he's like, good. Now she can't accuse me. Right. Like, well, so that, there's that kind of attitude, but yeah, like if he's saying, I never oh, heard that before, but I mean, that not only is it funny, but it's pretty smart. But it is that, smart, but yeah. But, but, that, but it's also like, don't know, it's kind of terrible, but in the joke context of what Patrice O'Neill would probably oh, say. Oh, I get, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. like, that's like all of Patrice's, he, he can take some of those horrifying things and make it smart. Yes. And even if you don't agree with it, you're like, well, I get that point. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I sometimes wonder though, if, uh, but, but I mean, as far as a girl writing a letter to the guy the next day, I mean, the girl that Gian Gameshi, uh, you know, uh, raped and smacked around, yes. she wrote messages the next day, that, well, thanking him for the for the night out and all, all this yep. stuff. And, and so it's, yeah, I, I don't, I mean, as far as that being used as a defense, but I sometimes oh, wonder so, how much... Do you, do you want it? Two weeks after I got raped by two men, and I didn't realize I got raped by two men until other people told me. <laughs> but um, two weeks later, uh, he was, he, I considered going to Vegas with him. Right. Yeah. Because he was like, I want to take you to Vegas. And I was like, yeah, maybe this is how rapists get away with what they do because they make women feel like, oh, no, maybe it wasn't. Maybe... Yeah. Maybe I did it, even though they remember saying, no, get off of me, stop. But then this guy's like, but now she's coming to Vegas with me? How can I rape this girl? Like, it's yeah. gross. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, you're, someone's compensating for a, a guilty conscience that they have, and uh, and they're trying to lay it on heavier. So if it comes back to haunt them, they'll be like, yeah, but I, if I did this, then why would she say yes to this? And it's, yeah. It's, well, and also there's this whole thing about, like, uh, well, I didn't think that's what that's what was happening. I'm like, okay, you didn't think 
that you were assaulting this girl or you were both drunk and you didn't think what's going on. Clearly she feels herself violated. So whether you have to go and talk to this girl, if she allows you to talk to her and be like, that is absolutely not what I meant from this. And I'm so sorry I made you feel that way. I think that this kind of dialogue needs to happen way more because yeah, maybe there are some misunderstandings. Um, it doesn't mean that like, it's okay to do any of that stuff, but right. you know, I had an incident with a guy that I, I can't even look at anymore. He, he acts like nothing ever happened. And it's like, you don't even know why I hate you so much. Right. Like you have no, you, cause you've never talked to me or asked me, like, I'm not going to out this guy or cancel him. Cause it, it's a, it's a weird story, but like, right. If more guys are worried about being accused of rape, well, then you need to start talking to women more because you may have made her feel uncomfortable and you may have made her feel assaulted. Yeah. Well, I wonder, I wonder what the Ron Jeremy examples, because I haven't done enough research of the three, what the parameters are. Because like I said, it's easy for me to sum it up the way I just did, that oh, it was probably just a girl going in a room, but this may have been something on a set. This could have been, you know, like a work environment situation. This could have been a dating situation. I don't know what the, what the, the examples are. And it's not going to go to court unless it's like a, like it's a real thing. Like they're not going to charge him unless it's like a right. substantial case. Yes, they're not going to yes. waste their time. Right. But I think he has been charged. I think he has. No, been. That's what she's saying. That there must be evidence of it. Not just being so fluffy. Like I said, you're saying, yeah. 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 That's but also, also the one thing too is like, Ron Jeremy's always claimed, I mean, there was a documentary made about him, but he's always claimed yeah. to be, uh, that he's never had a drink before, or he's yeah. never, uh, he's never done a drug before. And, uh, so it's sort of like, he has this clean and sober, uh, history that he brags about. So there's like that, just one level of defense that you can't really, so you, you can't really do that. Oh, I was drunk or I was right. fucked up when this happened. So that's just one level of defense that a lot of rapists probably use often to get out of shit is that, oh, I wasn't in my right state of mind. But Or or she was drunk, but she said that she wanted it. Right. But also, and, I, I don't think Ron Jeremy's been in the right state of mind since he started in porn. I mean, when you live in that bubble, oh. it's... and you Well, know, we saw him a year ago, and it was like The Walking Dead at the Rainbow. I was trying to get by him and it took five minutes to get by him because he's walking so slow. I thought he was like a 90 year old man. And (laughs) I I thought he was was like from behind. I'm like, Oh, I I better not, you know, and then he's taking so long. I looked around. I'm like, it's fucking Ron Jeremy. And he's walking so slow. Yeah. And then we got our photos taken with him. But, yeah, because it was with Rouse and. But it's also a freak. He's also a freak show as well because he's he looked like if Gollum had like gained a hundred pounds or like two hundred pounds, he looked like a long-haired Gollum with a mustache. He just and apparently uh, that I that I listened to the show The Bonfire on Sirius XM, and um, well, I don't know if it was Jay Okerson or Dan Soder was just talking about how that like this is Ron Jeremy's existence. He just hangs around at that bar all the time yes, and just yes. waits to get noticed and waits yes. to get photographs taken with him. And then, you know, I'm probably sure like, you know, once a week there's probably, he's probably like, yeah, come on, you want to see it. You want to see it. Don't you want to? Yeah. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's a sad existence now, but um, it's and just he was a, a, and this he is was the only world he's lived in forever. He was a teacher. He wasn't like, you know, like broke and then got into porn. He was a teacher. He started doing it on the side. He started to be successful with it. And that kind of took over his life. So it's a kind of, his story is a very weird story. 
It's not yeah. like from a broken home or any kind of negativity. So and some people actually think he kind of won the lottery of life, but I think on the end of it, it's like it's very much a Cosby tale of like, you get too much into it and you'll just do horrible things. I've often sort of wondered about, cause he is such a pop culture icon, but so I wonder if he, and maybe uh, probably not now cause he's been charged with this stuff, but, but if he had died like a year ago, and then was, I would just be curious to see what the outpour of, of, uh, of uh, sort of support and sympathy for like, uh, if, and, and if and then if there would be a backlash of like, of all the female porn stars that have died over the years, why are we celebrating this one guy of, oh, this, this it would just be another level of, or another tale of white male privilege. Then why are we, you know, why are we celebrating this guy and not remembering all the, the porn actresses that have committed suicide or have died over the years or, have, you know, I mean, even a couple, even like, even the past year, there were two porn actresses that just got, you know, just flooded with hate mail on, on Twitter and committed suicide, Yeah, which is uh, sad, you know, but also, again, it shows you to the level of addiction that social media is on some people that, you know, you try to say to someone, listen, just put your phone down, walk away for a week, and it'll be gone. But people still just can't do that. They just have this itch to know that they're being talked about, good or bad. And also, it's like... Well, I, I mean, in, 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 the, in the porn business, I'm assuming, especially for the women, your brand is everything. Right. So anything socially negative or whatever, you want to make sure you know about it, because you might have to talk about it or, you know, react to it. So... Um, it, it's probably easier said than done. I've never met a porn actress or actor. I've met people in porn on the production side, but I've never met anyone in porn. Have you, Kathleen, met anyone ever in porn? Oh, yeah. I've like met actresses? a bunch. Oh, yeah. yeah Lots okay. in LA. And uh, yeah, some of them were loved what they did and some of them hated what they did. I guess it right. just depends on who you are. But yeah. I mean, I do but think I always say, this was just, sorry, this was about Dave's thing. Well, what if he had died? Like I have had, I have a joke where I, I can't remember how it goes right now, but I basically say like, um, nobody saw the Me Too movement moment. Can you guys hear me? Cause I'm frozen yes. again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can hear you. Um, I said, nobody saw the Me Too movement coming. It just came out of nowhere. Well, one person did and they did something about it. Hugh Hefner. He died a few weeks before the shit hit the fan. Right. Because if Hugh Hefner was alive when that was, I think that he would have been taken down because he would. Quaaludes were like everywhere, all over the Playboy. I bet women got raped there every night. Like I guarantee you, he would have been. But now he's still a hero because he he died before it all came out. Well, I've never really heard much of, and and this is why I kind of agree with what you're saying. The uh, Playboy history is always kind of celebrated, and yeah. there hasn't been a lot of women coming forward saying what you're saying. But that also raises suspicion for me that there at least isn't one or two. That but I've heard, like, I've heard men get interviewed and say there were quaaludes everywhere, well, quaaludes no, all over the What I mean yeah. by that is then they were used against them and they did something they didn't want to do. What I'm saying is that it obviously did happen because I heard that too. There's all kinds of drugs everywhere yeah. and these big parties, but there's never been any kind of blowback of like women now going, you know what, 20 years ago, I'm in my 40s now, I hung out at the Playboy Mansion and yeah, drugs, I did some things I shouldn't do and we've got to change these things. There's never been anyone that stepped forward and say that, which is interesting because they don't want to go against the brand. Like you said, it was a pretty powerful thing. And what's the point of putting yourself out there like that as a woman? That too. Like I don't you know. could say like people would, people would, her life would get worse if she came out and if one of them said that it would get worse. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. well, I mean, it's I mean, people, women are still trampled on them when they say, "Oh, this happened to me ten years yeah. ago, or even a year ago," because then they're just like, "Oh, well, why didn't you say anything then?" And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, there's so <laughs> many reasons why that. Well, a not being believed, and uh, you know, just being degraded and opening yourself. Like one, up one, it. one name, Monica Lewinsky. There you go. Right. Oh yeah, she's like forever uh, has a has a horrible tag next to her, no yes. matter what. Yes. Forever. And, it, and that was not, and, and I mean, Bill Clinton does too, but like uh, not as much. Like no. she's literally, when you hear Monica Lewinsky, you literally hear about, you think about a cigar and a pussy or yes. semen on a blue dress. That's the first thing you think about when you hear her yes. name. And yeah, she was a, like, a, like she was a young, young, young woman. She was like 19 or 20. Yeah. yeah and her think... whole life is now changed because, you know. One thing she did when she was 19 or 20. And that's the thing though, is like, I don't know if you guys remember that I got severely slut shamed at the Canadian Comedy Awards during a state of the industry address. And the person that was doing it, based, I wasn't even there, but the sound guy at this comedy awards said, Oh, yeah, what did you do to so and so to make him go after you? I'm like, What do you mean go after me? He goes, Well, Kathleen's in green rooms blowing people all across this country. And I'm like, What? And I, <laughs> I was just like, and that has followed me around since. Like that has followed me around. And, and, and the person that they're accusing this of, the male, never ever mentioned. No one would even know. But I'm I, like outed. I, I, know, so, I know who you're talking about. And I confronted that guy at Spirits one night. Oh, a lot of people did because that was really disgusting what he did. Well, I mean, I had a number of reasons to, oh, I, I mean, A, I have an affection towards you as a, both a friend and a comic. And but also I kind of ragged on that guy because he tried to pass it off as an industry thing. And I said, I, I'm trying not to say the guy's name as much as I'd love to. Uh, Just, I don't care. I'm not trying I, to protect him, but because I still don't like the guy. But I, I, I said to him, I said to him, Harry, there's so many other issues going on right now 100%. that you should have now talked about that were industry related. Yeah. That had, and I said, anything what you're talking about now, that's just green room gossip. That doesn't affect the the industry on any level at all. You know, in fact, it, it just makes you look like a smaller person, and you have some grudge against Kathleen, and and you're trying to make it a bigger deal than it was. But it's all just you're you're dealing in gossip when the state of the industry address is supposed to be that you're pointing out facts yeah. that the industry has fucked up on. I mean, the fact that he that even in that same year, he didn't mention the fact that. The original Anything Goes show was canceled, uh, and he didn't get into the reasons why that happened. And uh, he then there was some others. There was like two other points that I, I can't remember right now that were industry related in that year that he chose not to talk about. But he instead he decided to throw you under the bus in cheap yeah. uh, green room gossip. Yeah, I, I was like so hurt by that. I was at an after party and I was in the bathroom. With Christina Walker. Okay. Oh, uh, you just. It, it dropped out. Crap. Okay. okay. You're back. Okay. okay. And you know what? And we, we, we got about a minute, and then I'm going to admit Ryan. So go okay. ahead. So, what you, so I was in the bathroom crying with other comics, and there was a. Canadian actress in the bathroom too and she heard me and she came out and she said I heard what you're saying I didn't mean to oh, eavesdrop but 
just be prepared for this to be happening to you for the rest of your career because it's it always happens to women. You will always get the short end of the stick. You will always get slut shame. Even if you were with somebody being slutty and the guy was being slutty too, the guy will never be brought up. You yes. know, like, and that's, like, it was kind of like, holy crap. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I, like, that, that's, that stuck with me for my entire career. It kind of made me leave Toronto. Right. Yeah, I know. It was I mean, so hum- it was humiliating. It was really embarrassing. Well, he's another guy too that is not like a that he's 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 friends with a lot of people. But again, if you bring his name up, that people will sort of be like, "Oh, well, let me yeah. tell you." So yeah. it, it's okay. it's a, it's a shame that sort of that people will hold on to people that they openly don't like. Yeah, let's bring Ryan in. If hopefully to work, I'm not sure if, and we'll. Let's see, here we go. Hi, I'm Todd Barry, famous American comedian. You're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost on XM Radio, Canada. Just give us a second to make sure that you're on. There, can you hear us, Ryan? Oh, yeah, we're locked and loaded. There we go. (laughs) I can't see him. You can't, you can't see, see him? I can. I can't see Ryan. I can. Can you see him, Dave? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm frozen. That's why. Okay, so my connection's <laughs> shitty. Uh, Elsa. I'll see you in a minute. Elsa. I'll see you in a minute. Oh, there. I oh. let it go. There you are. I there see you. <laughs> I, always have to, I have to take off. The, I always have to turn off, like, the air condition. And it's just running, too. So it gets so friggin' hot. Or else it's like... We don't have a choice. I'm sorry for the short notice. Uh, the, one of the main reasons we wanted to get you in now is because we brought you up earlier... We were talking about all these videos that you've been doing the last couple of weeks. Oh, nice, and, man. Yeah, I know and, Dave's been posting them and stuff. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, and one of the things that I loved about it is why I brought it up is because I know you a little bit. I don't know you very well. We had a pretty fun your... night in New York, though, eh? Of course, of course. But I don't know your politics. But what's great about your videos is that you attack both sides with yeah. the same number of jokes. So at the end of it, I don't know if you're left or right because you're taking shots at both sides which is yeah. something that we were all talking is very rare in comedy right now. And are you, I guess the bottom line question is, are you actively trying to keep it that way? Or is that just the way it kind of came out? Well, a lot of these issues that people pretend are, you know, political, like this is a right issue or a left issue. Normal people don't think like that. Like the idea of, if you pulled like most people, they don't think you should like ruin people's lives over, you know, tweets from 20 years ago. Right. So if you, if you say this stuff and you're like, oh, that's like a right wing thing, it's not. So it's like I kind of say what I feel like without attaching the political ideology that they've attached to it. You know what I mean? Right. right. I mean, I've noticed a lot of the, uh, the the man on the street stuff that you do. It's sort of like you're almost getting sort of clueless people to prove your point for you. That I mean, a lot of other people do it too, but I always enjoy it as well because I mean, I I, I love uh, I, I enjoy Bill Maher. I think it's great when he takes shots at both the left and the right. And I, I also how, like how you sort of point out the hypocrisy of on both sides, especially yeah. with the, with the, the, the Fox, the Fox versus CNN. Of right. Who, who do you sell your footage to? It's like, uh, you know, you have the, one with the Fox and Oh, here you have all these riot footage. And what do you do with this peaceful protest footage? Well, you sell it to CNN. And it's so I, it's, true though. Cause you watch, if you watch like, and that's the other thing. A lot of times I'm taking shots at the media. You're like, 
You know, just stop letting them decide what you think about everything. Because they're like, hey, here's your team that you're on. Here's your 10 things that you think. And you're like, okay, well, I don't think those 10 things. No one does. No one's like that, right? Unless you're, you know, just a soldier for your fucking movement. Right. (laughs) Well, it's funny how now if if someone says something, then it's like, if you say something right wing, I will now go, oh, well, why you just keep going watch Fox News? Right? If you say something liberal, it's like an attack. Oh, keep watching CNN. They'll brainwash you. I mean, I see that all the time in the last few months, especially. Well, there's also this other thing that they do is what they, what they like to do is they make a thing bad. Like they'll say, oh, right wing's bad or whatever. And then once everyone agrees that it's bad, they put everything they don't like in that category. So it's this like bait and switch, right? You'll be like, oh, it's bad to be right wing. And they're like, also free speech is a right wing thing now. And you're like, so once we agree, it's like the thing where they go, oh, punching Nazis is good. And everyone, obviously, everyone's like, yeah, okay, cool, punch Nazis. But then they're like, also, everyone's a Nazi. So, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You kind of, you know, so if you get them to agree to the thing, then you get to slot everyone in there. So it's it's kind of rejecting the whole thing. You're like, no, no, no I'm not playing this game. And most people don't want to play this stupid game because they don't operate like that. Yeah, I think most people are centrists, to be honest. Like, most people have, like, this, like, they can see... A lot of different sides, but they're just trying to be good. Yeah. Like, no, I think you, that that's- totally, yeah. And I mean, also, everyone has friends that are both. Like, that used to yeah. be fine. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I just yeah, see exactly. it like... That used to be fine, yes. That yeah. used to be fine. You'd be like, oh, I have this... Hi, oh, this guy's a little out there. You know what I mean? But he's my buddy or yeah. whatever. But they, they kind of... Uh, I, I, I saw when I, like, uh, moved here, the, like, one of the ways that, like, the right lies is they'll say about Canada. I saw so many people, they go... It's like, what are we gonna get private health or public health care? We're gonna be like Canada. It's like this big mess, and you're like, it actually was like kind of fine. Right. So it, you see it the other way, and they go, oh, this thing's terrible, and you're like, okay, but I know it's not. You'll see it about a person like this guy's the worst. You're like, I know him though. He's fine. Right, right, right. right. It's sort of like, but I, I always found it was funny on Fox News whenever they want to. They they always choose the most disastrous scenario. <laughs> yeah. Or like, oh, what? So now you want to be like Venezuela? Yeah, like, totally. you mentioned yeah. you mentioned one thing about immigration, and then there's oh, so you're for open borders, and you're like, well, <laughs> no, 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 I'm not saying that. I mean, I support a, a system of vetting for other people to let. Oh, so now you want, the, you know, it's sort of like everybody is putting words in everybody's mouths these days. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's sort of like yeah, when, yeah. That, that, when that new Green Deal thing happened, everyone was like, oh, so now you want to regulate cows and you don't want there to be airplanes <laughs> anymore? It's like, well, no, just because I say that we could reduce emissions on airplanes, I, I'm not saying that we should destroy all airplanes, but it's just this weird sort of like, it's oh. It's always to the extreme. It's always yeah. to the extreme. Yeah, right. you're like, I, I don't mind socialized health. You're like, oh, I didn't know I was talking to Stalin. Yeah, right. <laughs> why, why, why did you move to New York, Brian? Because you were doing quite well here, doing some stand-up, doing yeah. videos, and then you moved to New York. Why was the, the main reason? I mean, it kind one? of was like the plan for a while, and it took oh, me okay. just forever to get my thing. But um, it, I was just reaching like a ton of like what I felt to be as roadblocks in Canada, and yeah. then when I got here, it honestly felt like the I was training with that ankle weights before. Like the 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 amount that the things have like moved so much faster when I got here, it really did. I was like, man, Canada can suck my dick. <laughs> you know what I I found when I went to LA? I was like, I thought everyone was going to be clicky and didn't want to work with everybody. And then I got there, and people were like, yeah, I'd love to write a script with you. Yeah, I'd love right. to do a sketch with you. But Canada has such so little opportunity that everyone's just scraping and scraping for themselves for sure. and it's like i mean it's not like you can't like i mean it's a it's a fault in our system but it's but it, it's unavoidable because there's just not enough opportunity here but yeah when you go to the states you're like oh 
these people are excited for me that I, that I, that I want to do this or that I've succeeded at something. They're happy for me. Cause in Canada, like if you get a few things, people will start to hate. <laughs> yeah. I also think that we don't really have the sort of, we don't have the population to support a niche comic. Right. That's, like if, honestly, that's exactly how I feel about it. It's like the most important thing is there's not enough for countercultures. And, and I mean, it was like music with that too. It's like, if you look at the radio, yeah. it's all the bands. Like they just don't have a big enough population and big enough enough money to go around to have a subculture. So it's like they have to keep such a tight leash on the main thing because that's all it is that everyone has to compete right. in that thing. Whereas before it would kind of be like, you know, whatever. Comedy Central could do what they want, but there's lots of room for other people to do their other thing. And so you don't have to, you're not always like walking into the one place, like trying to reinvent the wheel. You can just do your the thing you want to do somewhere else. It's like there's, there's like comics that are in the alt scene down there where there is like there, the population is big enough that you could support yourself and, and just sort of coast along and sort of have a, a decent sort of stand-up career. But up here, it's it's the difference between 32 million and 320 million people. And it's not even that, Dave, because it's the difference between America's reach elsewhere too, right? Yes. So it's yes. like, it's kind of the difference between 33 million people and the whole world that's watching the stuff America makes. Right, yes. right. And it's, it's always so crazy. Like, how did you, because I know... I took a trip, it was before Trump came around, but I mean, I took a trip to the States and you just think, okay, well, I'm traveling through, I'm traveling through Utah. And you just think this, and you have this preconceived idea of what the people are going to be like down there. But then you have to remember the only window I'm looking at this United States through is what they choose to put on TV, <laughs> Yeah, which is so fucked up because it's like TV also wants to show you the extreme examples of like, Look, this is what the right is, and they'll show you both the most batshit crazy Trump supporters, or they'll show you this is what the left is, and they'll show you the most batshit crazy leftists, and it's like, and and what they're that's showing the Tucker is, Carlson. That's the Tucker Carlson model. He brings on crazy people, and he goes, "What?" He just acts appalled. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I'm like, "Well, yeah, but you book these people, but also, yeah, yeah. Like, but so Canada we'll as a country them. is watching that." But then also America is watching the same thing. And so we're judging all that on America. We're just believing that this is all what Americans are. And it's, I, I don't know, I, I found it not the case when I actually went through there, which is sort of sad that every Canadian is thinking, you know, oh man, these dumb Americans. Well, it's the same thing with the liberal and the conservative thing you're talking about though. Like if, these, if you live in New York and you're sitting around being like, those guys are crazy. Like they're saying the same thing about you. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you go to any of those states, like, you know, like, I've met, like, people here that'll tell me, like, when I just, when they decided they were going to, like, vote, you know, Birdie or whatever, they might as well have told the, you know, their, their dad that they were killing Christ, you know what I mean? The same or way communists, here. communists, they're communists. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> you know, the same way here, it's like, if they said they like Trump, like, oh, my son's a Nazi, I find out. So, <laughs> But yeah, it's like, I guess it's just not ingrained as part of our like culture in Canada to like understand those two. Because we don't have like a, you know, we don't have like a, a right wing like news network or whatever. So it's, there's not really, those pockets have always been sort of um, hiding it a little bit more. <laughs> well, I, I used to run a riff a long time ago that, you know, everyone in Canada thinks we're better than America. Uh, but the only difference is America has 500 channels screaming about things and we have three. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. we're just as bad as they are. We just don't have the same focus or ability to show all the crazy. But, you know, we have problems too. This idea that Canada is, oh, land of milk and honey is, is kind of crazy for me. Well, a lot of the funny part that I've noticed even right now in Canada has been like, 
with all, with all this stuff, like Canada appropriates the American stuff so much. Yeah. And so it's like, it's almost like Canada creates problems where there weren't even them, just right. because it's they're like, everyone's like, oh, I guess that's, we're complaining about that now because America sort of sets the tone. Like yeah. a perfect example though is kind of making me laugh with the Black Lives Matter stuff. You know, I saw a lot of people posting like, we need better funding for black schools and this and that. And I'm like, we all go to the same school in Canada. We don't have that. Yeah. <laughs> like I, we didn't, we don't have black schools in Canada. That's not true. <laughs> Yeah, so it's just like you look at America and they're like, you know, these areas where it literally is like 90% black people. It's like, right. we don't have those. Right. So yeah. you're just like, we don't have, and we don't have like a lot of, even in Toronto, most people went to public schools. So it's just designed differently. But you just kind of, the people that are, you know, mad about stuff in Canada, they kind of just look to that and they'll be like, oh, that's what we're mad about. Okay. That's the document. But that's for this also week. because uh, Canadians know more about American politics than we do Canadian. No, and we're much sure. more versed in it because of that exact example you're talking about because the bleed over and it's like oh we've got to do something about these black schools right and yeah. like, we don't I have it think, here but i also think it's a, a, a american television is determined to make everything entertainment on to some degree of just like they want because it's all about you know advertising dollars in, in that commercial space so they want you to tune in to what the next segment is so there's this idea that we have to keep instilling like fear and they stuff. don't even pretend they're news anymore but you know funny that you say that like you know that video that you brought up the cnn fox one i did a a podcast with this guy that has a pretty big audience and he told me he goes a lot of my friends from cnn and cnn and fox news sent that video to me so he's like there's a lot of places just like you might know someone in the cbc i remember when i was mm. working there there's a lot of people that were like listen dude i'm trying because like it's just one of those things like the, it's a it's a real uphill battle right now to yes. try to make something that isn't, you know, whatever the exact mandate is for this moment. Right. But the a lot of people that work at CNN, like, you know, they went to school to be a journalist. They, you know, wanted to be a journalist their whole life. They cared about news and then they got there and they're like, yeah, we're not that anymore. <laughs> like, fuck this. Right. Well, yeah, it's like the same thing as, as kids who grew up who want to be cops and make a difference and they become a cop and they realize they're not making the difference they thought they are. Right. It's no different. Yeah, people hate cops here right now. It's crazy. Yeah. They have, <laughs> like uh, they they have um, at in the statues in New York. So me and Danny Polischuk were we were at a show the other day outdoors, and every statue there's two or three of them. Christopher Columbus, and I think one's George Washington, and they have like twenty armed cops, like full time, just uh, wow. just watching the statues, which is funny because the same with um, the governor. He he basically they're pro they're like all protesting outside of his house and all this stuff. And then, so they have to have like a thousand cops there watching. So it's funny. They're like, defund the police. But you're like, you have a thousand cops there working <laughs> overtime because right. of the protest. It's just like right. so funny. Well, did you see that one video where there was a bunch of people that were protesting and then someone, and again, and some of the signs are, I mean, some of them were Black Lives Matter and then some of them were uh, other issues. And then one of those signs was defund the police. Yeah. But someone picked up a rock and threw it at a car and then the car stops, turns around, and starts driving back towards them. And then the first thing that you hear that one of these protesters say is, <laughs> call well, the cops. Quick, Yeah, quick, call the cops. <laughs> I was just sort of like, well, it was just one of those moments. And, and then the guy got out and he had some, uh, did you see him? He had some thing attached to his hand that looked like a couple of knives or something like that. Oh my, like like the guy got out and he had like some crazy Freddy Krueger weapon on his hand, but just the but just the idea of like, oh my God, defund the cops! Wait a minute, call them. I need them. Yeah. <laughs> There's so oh. much. I went to the protests. One of the things that was so funny was the um, 
they, they, you know, it kind of everything starts out and it's about like one thing. And it's like, you know, this could have been an issue that pe most people could agree on police reform, you know, whether it's racially motivated or not. It's like, you know, right. these unions need to come down some of the, so whatever, there's lots, lots to talk about there. But so, but then within like two minutes, there was like a hundred protesters there with like smash capitalism signs and that made me laugh so much. And, and then you could see the, there was like, oh, you know, one of the, my, uh, marks I went to was like majority black people. And there was a lot of these like kind of white Antifa types with the, the signs that are like smash capitalism. You could see them being like, okay, but yeah, this is kind of about black shit right now. <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're not here for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, and all the, like the trans life stuff, there was just like. There was people with just every activist sign that they just bring to everyone. Like, they take down Trump. And it worked the other way. When you go to the, the lockdown protest, like, there was these people that are, like, protesting the lockdown. They're like, you know, we don't want the lockdown to happen, whatever. But they all have, like, Trump gear, and it's all about Trump. So it's like, these protesters can't just stick to their message for two seconds, whatever it is. Right. What, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm curious, because it was like, a, this is a story that sort of bubbled up in Toronto at one point. Uh, but there was a show that, that Kevin Brennan started. That apparently got like guys matter. Yeah, but the, we, we, we just messaged JJ because he was on that show and it started to bubble up again. JJ and Danny, so our chat group was like, JJ's got some explaining to do. Well, but he does. He does. <laughs> you on that? I was. I yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, the, but but my whole thing with that whole show was that like uh, you know because when Aaron started or when Aaron did that show, there wasn't any, was there any protest in New York when, when that show happened? I think people got mad, but not like they do in Toronto. I mean, it's it's the smaller the place, the more the, you know, kind of like if you look at Vancouver right now, I, I would assume they're kind of almost more aggressive than Toronto. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I it just, kind of just works that way. It just, but, I, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I guess that's the example of it. It's sort of like New York, the size of it is yeah. and all the other shit that goes on New York on a daily, weekly basis. It's just funny that, like, yeah, in Toronto, it's, it was just people acted like there was an atomic bomb dropped, and New York was just sort of like, yeah, 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 that, that'll go away. We, we don't really care. Yeah, about and it. also just falling in the trap. Berg's like, you know, we're going to do this show to get people mad. Then they got mad, and, you know, that's what it was. Well, right. yeah. yeah. And, they, and, they, and they did fall for it. Yes, for sure. What, so, uh, yeah. what, what are the other sort of – how have you been embraced as a Canadian being down there? Uh, I, th I found that uh, everyone was super cool. Like, you know, I got into all the clubs like super soon. And then um, I found like a lot of people that I liked and everyone's been sharing my stuff and have me on their podcasts and my audience is like grown. So I don't know. I, I've, I found a very positive experience. However, obviously my timing, like I got here and I was only here for like four and a half, five months before. Right. I literally got to the point where I could do two, three sets a night, like was getting, you know, paid spots at all the clubs. And then, then they're like, all right, stand up Boom. canceled. Right. So yeah. I would have liked to be a positioned a little better before they locked us in our houses. So that kind of sucked. I mean, but you also got the benefit of now everyone is locked in and you are creating content and content yeah. is kind of king right now. And, and your videos, I, you would, you, would you admit your videos probably are getting better views now than if there was no lockdown? Well, I'm making more of them. Yeah. And I'm getting better views. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Yeah, no, for sure. Like everything I do these days seems to get like, you know, across platforms, like three or 400,000 views. So like right. the, um, there, there, I've had this before in my life because I was doing at least five nights a week for probably the last like 10 years. And there was definitely a lot of times where I'm like, man, if I just had like three months off of stand up, but it feels too weird when everyone else is out there. So there sure. was a part of me at first that was like, oh shit, like a chance to do everything. And then yeah. after two months, I'm like, all right, let's wrap this up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it is, you know, sorry the, the break was great the, i think the break 
was great because I don't yeah. know many stand-ups that took three months off and nobody was getting yeah. ahead of anybody. Nobody That's was the out best there part. Yeah. getting stuff. We, we all were forced to take a break. Yeah. I mean, but like, and now that it's slowly, slowly coming back, like I had three weekends of club work, like these oh, last two awesome. weekends and it's like slowly coming back. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it, but then you do the, the shows a little bit and you're like, okay, I'm ready to go back into quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was saying that too. There was, and I'm like a psychopath in the sense that like, I don't need my life to be good. I'd rather, you know, I'll just work or whatever. But the, there was definitely like the first two or three weeks where you just like, you know, hanging out with someone, watching TV at night, like a normal person. You're like, oh yeah, this yeah. is better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we finally yeah. got to know what it was like to just hang out on the weekend with our friends. Like I just yeah. hung out or like not have to go to a show. And like, it was, it was kind of cool being not a comedian for three months. Oh, I'm yeah. sure there was so many people that like, you know, got to nestled in that. You're like, wait, why was I doing that again? Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, but then, but then you get back up and you remember. Sorry. Yeah. No, but I was just gonna say I moved to Barrie like a year ago, and and I felt the difference of not having that urge to get out every night. I mean, I do miss it a little bit, but you know, I'm 49. I don't have to go out and grind out every no. single night like I did 10 years ago. And you know, that is maybe a younger person's game to do that and get it out of their system. Yeah, I I, I remember when I sort of. Uh, because I sort of, you know, when I started, I always would, and if I had a night where I didn't have a show, there'd always be this impulse where I, oh, I got to go out and I got to hang yes. out at a club. Or I don't want to be, oh, I, I don't want to get a phone call the next day. I'm like, oh, you should have been there last night. It was crazy. <laughs> you wouldn't believe who showed up. Oh, and man, like, Boyd Banks. Boyd Banks said this. You should have yeah, been there. Oh, man, and, and Kenny did this, and this person did that. And then now I'm like, yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, <laughs> but I've been like that for like the last ten years or so. I haven't had this urge to be like, oh, I gotta get out. I mean, I'll yeah. hit my few places that I like to go to, but I also found too that like uh, I've also found a lot of it's sort of me missing hanging out with comics more than uh, missing out on doing comedy. So I remember once, like ten, fifteen years ago. I'm not sure when Robin Williams showed up at Spirits, and really? I got a phone call and like from two different comics. Oh, you got to get down here. Uh, Louis Black is here and Robin Williams. I'm like, yeah, no, it's okay. But no, man, you got to get it. It's Robin Williams. I'm like, no, no, I'm okay. I'm, I'm with my wife. I'm, you know, um, or my girlfriend at the time who became my wife. I'm, 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 this is fine. I don't need to come and be the 80th guy to tell Robin Williams he's great tonight. You know? <laughs> Darren was getting a Darren was getting a blowjob. Okay, that's the yes. That's what was yes. happening, and he didn't want to go. What? When I came, I screamed "Nanu, Nanu!" So fuck <laughs> everyone else. At spirits that night. I, I have a question. Sorry. Okay, I, go ahead. Ryan, what are the, do people in America think the border is going to be opening up between Canada and America anytime soon? They don't know. I, I think it's this. It's it's all this like trickle down stuff because like all the states keep like fighting each other. So the the more open the other states go, the more New York says like ah fuck you, and then the places like New York sort of decide whether Canada because New York's like we're not taking Canada's here, and then Canada's like well fine you can't come here then. So it yeah. kind of is this big thing. So I can go back because I'm like a citizen, but the problem is they want to do this mandatory quarantine. Yes. And so I I wanted to go back for like a week, and I got my car in Canada still, and I had some stuff to do and see my family or whatever. But I'm like. If I do that, I'm gonna have to be there for over two weeks. I don't really have anywhere to stay, so I'll just like, Ugh, I guess I'll stay here. So I don't know. It's this mess right now, and you can't even get an answer. You know those things where you're like, you, who do you call? Like you've done visa and stuff. I know uh, Kathleen. So you know when you're like, you have a question, and you're like, 
who do you even call? You just have to look right. it up on the internet and hope that someone has the answer. Like, you can't call yeah. the airport and be like, is, the, is there a border open? Like, can I go for a week and come back? And they're like, I don't know. Well, they I just, don't know they why just announced. Try. They announced it? No, no, they just announced that uh, the EU is banning American travelers. Yeah. yeah. So that's, they're not, they're, they're reopening the borders to other European countries and other countries, but not America. That was announced well, yesterday. I honestly feel because I, I've been hearing it everywhere that Canada does not want the border open because it's out of control down in the States right now. The numbers yeah. just keep spiking. The numbers are spiking. So yeah. if I feel like if Justin Trudeau is like, yeah, let's open the border. I've heard July 21st as a date. Then I feel like he would get a lot of flack. For, I think a lot of Canadians would be That's mad. That's the problem. I mean, every liberal metropolitan right now, all that, like, for, look at Doug Ford. Everyone like hated him, and then he's sure. like, everyone needs to stay home. You stay home, and everyone's like, this guy's a hero. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, literally. Is there, is there ever been an easier time to like erase all your sins and just tell, tell people not to do anything? Yeah, I watch people that were like a, a year ago being like, Doug Ford needs to die, and now he's just like, everyone needs to stay in their house, and you're like. Oh my God! Retweet shares. Doug Ford's probably looking at his wife like, "This is too easy." <laughs> you, know? you just yeah. all you have to do to be a happy politician is to agree with the majority at the time. Right. I feel. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they're, it's like, what's what's the benefit of these people saying this? They're like, you know, you ever see when uh, it's literally like he could just come out there and he'd be like, you know, I think we should uh, close the bo uh, we should open the border, and everyone's like, boo, and he's like, I mean, open, I mean, close the border, and everyone's like, yeah, he's like, got it, all right. Well, I know he got so like Doug Ford got so much love when he called out um, that one uh, uh, supermarket chain, Pusateri's, for uh, like jacking up the prices for hand yes. sanitizers, yes, three hundred percent. And he's sort of like, oh, I can't stand this, you know. I think I, I sent a tweet. It was like, it was almost like Doug Ford was like uh, was selling hash again, you know. <laughs> it was like it was like I can't believe these prices. I will. I'll sell it to you for fifteen bucks a gram, two grams for twenty five dollars. That's a deal. <laughs> and it was just like, well, wait a minute. I thought this guy was a piece of shit that you hated like uh, a week ago, and now he's calling out supermarkets for like price gouging, and everyone's like, he's the best. It was. Just My mom was one of those people. She goes. She was like, I. I remember her specifically the whole time. She goes, I don't. There's something I just don't like about him. Like she kind of says like that, right? <laughs> In the mom way. That's cute. Yeah. In the yeah. mom way. Yeah. She doesn't really like have the political ideology but she kind of goes this year she, we go I, I know something and then this happens she goes I kind of like that Doug Ford guy because she watched yeah. him cooking and his she watched him do his quarantine cooking yes. show yes. and she's like this guy's making some sense and I'm yeah. like oh I think people I think people want politicians that, that are regular people that aren't these rich people that get into politics they want regular people yeah. that have made mistakes and have been fuck ups to actually well, that's the whole Ford way out. I mean that that was the Absolutely, way they, they, yeah. they, they got to where they are is that well, exact kind of ideology? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, both Doug and uh, Rob, you know, I mean... And the people. They, they come from sort of humble beginnings, but I mean, but they're both sons of millionaires. Yes. And I mean, that's, yeah. the, thing, that's the whole thing with Trump, too, that he somehow he's been, you know, that everyone can see how he's decorated his home. I mean, he's got a gold-plated <laughs> toilet. And, <laughs> and somehow he's been able to project this image of, like, I'm one of you. And so, and it's you know you have these backwoods people that can barely afford you know their bare essentials, and they're still supporting this guy with a gold toilet. You know, right? It doesn't uh, they? You know, but it, it's the classic thing. They don't vote for their own interests, but no, no one does. But the, but the, I mean, 
and I don't necessarily think that's wrong. I mean, I, you always hear people being like, oh, these poor people voting for their own interests. And I'm like, okay, well, if you're into Bernie and you're rich, like, are you not voting against your own rich, like, interest by that logic? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. People vote ideologically or whatever. I know, yeah. um, Bernie Sanders is the one guy that he became a millionaire by writing a book about how you should not be a millionaire. That does not all want to be in the limelight. Like, look, at, that's why I'm saying about these, like, governors and... That's why they don't want to close it. Like, do you know what? Like, Governor Cuomo, who's like the Rob Ford, Doug Ford here, he goes, for the last three years, the most attention he'll be getting is like the odd time uh, he goes on to discuss what bike lane they should like make. You know what I mean? Right. right. And now he's doing like daily press conferences. Sure. So these people don't want this to end. They're in their limelight. No. They're starting to look in the mirror, being like, I could be the president. Yeah. You know? Politicians want to be famous. Those, I, I mean, like, it is a part of it is a form of fame being a politician. That's all oh, about yeah. brand. There's no doubt. It's branding. It's branding. It's marketing 101. If I can do every single day, that helps my brand. And you're right. Yeah. And now anybody can be a politician, honestly. Yes. Like yes. anybody. Because look at like if, if Donald Trump can be a politician, anybody could do it. Doesn't hey, matter the, what you did Rock, in your past. The Rock is what? This the third most voted person yeah, who wants to be so president? Funny. Jesus Christ. The Rock. It's such a what is it like living in the circus? <laughs> what has the president been cooking? I don't know. Yeah, people are definitely fired up out here. Well, I mean, I'm not going to be surprised if you don't see a John Cena for president at some point. Yes, yes. <laughs> How fucking good would that be? And uh, yeah. announced our, our presidential campaign, John Cena! <laughs> All right, well, we, we've uh, got about two minutes left to, to be able to wrap up here. So are you have any more videos coming or what's going I on? I just released you? one uh, today that was okay. Absolve Your Own Sins by Canceling Other People. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was the one? I love you so much. I love you so much. About what you used about uh, currency. That one I really loved. You did about uh, if you cancel someone, you get their currency and oh, cancel people. currency. Yeah, that was yeah. The, that was the one today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I saw that. I just love yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I love the, uh, the the COVID comedy club one. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, with all that. Great. And um, what was the? Yeah, you're one? the man hosting that, man. I appreciate it. All of it's at uh, YouTube.com/slash Ryan Long Comedy and Ryan Long Comedy on all platforms. Oh, we'll post okay. that because I mean they're really. Yeah. I just I, I love just taking the shots at both sides. I, yeah, that's always my favorite because you know it's, it's and the reason I appreciate that is because if I'm left and you're right, then I might not watch your stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, man. It's like you know what I mean. And like, also, and also, like, what's the point of you know? It's one thing if you have an audience you're doing around, but if you're doing comedy clubs and you're just like yelling at people, like, what the fucking do that? Yeah, right. right. All right, thanks, Ryan. We'll put up uh, the post uh, for that link, and we appreciate it. And keep doing what you're doing. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for having right. me on. Right. You're yes. the best. Thank you. Yes, Bye. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you came on. That's awesome. I well, hello. This is Fred Kennedy, a.k.a. Fearless Fred. Follow me on Twitter, Fearless underscore Fred. And you're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin on Sirius XM Radio's Laugh Attack. Yeah, that's why that's why you don't bring a, a date to a gig. <laughs> Especially if you just started dating, it's like one thing if you if you're 
if, if you've brought her to a couple of shows and then she knows that you're good and you're just having a, a bad one-nighter mm-hmm. or a bad night and but um yeah if she's just started dating you and you take her to a show and, and you just bomb then that's that's a hard uh, thing to crawl out of well i never brought brandy never saw me until we were dating at least two months right and then when she saw me uh this one time and then the second time she came she brought her aunt and some of her relatives and I'll never forget this. I went on stage and I was so angry on stage that the manager at the time, uh, Mike Breslin, took me aside and said, are, are you okay? Because I've seen you hundreds of times and you've never been that angry. I said, well, you know, I've got some people in the crowd. And then like even Brandy was like, whew, that was a bit much. And he, Brandy's aunt even was like, he's not for you. He's not the one for you. <laughs> I met Adam. He was in the front row of a comedy show. And that's the first time you met him, like you were on stage? Yeah, I was hosting, yeah, I was hosting the show. And uh, I remember coming in, I'm like, oh, that guy in the front row is cute if he had a beard. Because <laughs> he didn't have a beard at the time. Right, right. But yeah, and apparently we had met on Tinder um, months earlier, but I didn't remember. Right. So he must have been stalking me, I don't know. But yeah, he was in the front row of a comedy show. And that's, yeah, he asked me out because he, he liked my joke about Hitler pubes. <laughs> nice. Well, I, I've always, I always find that I... Someone has to like me before they- 100%. They have to like me before I get on stage first. And then if they like me enough, then they can sort of get by anything that they don't like about me on stage. Yes, yes. So it's, I have to, because I've had, I've had too many experiences with people listening to radio shows and podcasts that I've done and been like, you know what? I think I'm going to stop listening to your show. Yeah. Like, I mean, I always want to know why. But then also at the same time, what's the point of knowing why? But, but I, I did. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, because I was, I think it was like either Ari Shafir or Mark Norman were talking about their experiences about going out with someone new. And then at the beginning of the relationship, just saying, listen, I don't want you to come to see me live. I don't want you to listen to all my podcasts. Let's go out for a while and, yeah. get, and yes. get to know me. I've never done that. Well, okay. Well, you're a with girl. With none of my boyfriends. Yeah, maybe yeah, but, it's different because I'm a girl. I yeah, well, no, guys can look past a lot of stuff when it comes to a girl. But I think a girl would be like, oh, yeah. well, I think uh, I can ditch this. But I've had, like, crushes on comics before. I've, like, I'm, I'm like, oh, he's cute. And then I'll see him go on stage. I'll be like, hey, I do not oh, have yeah. a crush on him anymore. <laughs> he's <Exactly>. terrible. <laughs> I mean, I remember That was Brandy. Dave. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Brandy saw me a few times. Then she didn't see me for a while. And then she actually heard one of my comeback lines. I'm not, this is so a long time ago, but one time I got heckled and I said, shut your mouth. I can smell your father's cock from here. And it was a dude who heckled me and uh, you know, whatever it is, it is. But she literally got really mad at me in the kitchen. Cause I told her this and she's like, what? You don't say that you say brother or you say, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What does it matter? Is there a hierarchy? Yeah. Of sucking? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that is. Is two uncles worth one dad or like, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that for me, Dave, what you're saying. Get to know me as a person. Then you realize what I say on stage isn't always 100% the person. The new thing that's going on in the cancel culture of uh, people having to step down from cartoons for doing cartoon voices of not their color or race. So the uh, oh, yeah. person who does Cleveland Brown stepped down uh, from that show because he's a white actor doing uh, the Cleveland voice. And uh, then there's other examples in that same scenario. But then there's a bit of a blowback from that because not a lot of people know, or maybe they do know, that a lot of teen boys and men in cartoons are voiced by women. 
Well, yeah, well, yeah. Bart Simpson and I think yes. uh, and uh, and and Bobby from King of the Hill were both played yes. by, so. by women. And then you have the other thing. There's a there's a, an artist named Phil Lamar who's a a gigantic voice artist. He's done hundreds and hundreds of voices of white characters, and he's black. So. I don't know where this all will fit into this equation of we've got to stay within the race of the person. It kind of is like, aren't you like, it's that whole thing when everyone was mad that Scarlett Johansson was cast yes. as Ghost in the like, Shell. Yeah. But she's an actress and her job is to become a different character. And I think, I mean, I'm, I understand where everybody's coming from, where they do want people to have more opportunities and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But sometimes it's like, well, I'm an actor and I, I'm going to play a different person. Like that's the point of being an actor. I guess right. their argument, their argument would be if we don't pressure it now, it will never happen. Yeah, exactly. We'll never, we'll never have an Asian play an Asian character. Cause they'll always use the argument of they're just actresses. She's a star, but yeah. there's enough Asian stars now. And to be honest, Asia in the box office is much bigger than America is now. So yeah. financially it even makes sense to put an Asian in that movie and try to convince North America it should be what the script it should be. Well, but, it is yeah. good. It is opening. Like, it is giving more opportunities for people that would never get that opportunity before. Yes. I think it's a, it's, I don't know, it's a fine line that you're sort of walking with that because it's sort of like, I mean, yeah, when they, when they talk about the marketability of some actors, uh, that a lot of actors don't, that will get turned down for roles because they're looking more to the Asian market uh, when the movie has to eventually be released there. It's yes. like, uh, if, if you have, uh, if there's an American movie with a black lead actor, like a Denzel Washington, yes. for whatever reason, it does not do well in Asian countries because yes. they're not open to seeing a, a black actor up on, as, a, as the lead role in, in whatever that show is. And as far as the start of the voiceover acting kind of goes, you always thought that that would be the one field where the best person with the best voice should get the job. Uh, but the, the guy that plays the Cleveland character, yeah, he's a white dude and Cleveland's a black character, but on Family Guy, they, do, they get the voice of the character first and then they write, then they draw the cartoon around it. Right. So it's sort of like, so it's, it's like he had the Cleveland voice and it, and it was the artist's choice to make the character black or maybe it was Seth MacFarlane's um, McFarlane? That's the right, that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then it was that family guy's choice to make the character black, which is great. I don't, it doesn't, you hear the voice and it doesn't scream, oh, that guy has to be black when you just hear the voice. But so it's, it's you know, and, and the, the cop character, Joe, who's in a wheelchair, are people going to demand that someone in a wheelchair has to do that voice? It's, it's like, where, at where, what point do you go, okay. Yeah, the argument always is, where does it stop? I mean, there's also been an argument if you have a, someone in a wheelchair in a movie and Tom Cruise wants to play that part, trust me, they're going to get Tom Cruise to put me in that wheelchair. They're not going to find someone who's in a wheelchair to act in that part if they know they can get Tom Cruise because money talks. That's just the way but it is. They are, but, but, but some of the best movies are coming from giving people an opportunity. I can't remember what that movie, it's with Shia LaBeouf and the kid with Down syndrome. And he got that movie and it was such a fucking amazing movie. So yeah. we're going to get cool stuff. And we're going to see people that aren't the people that we see all the time, which is good. But like, yeah, were, were people upset when um, Jared, where Jared Leto played that trans uh, person? I think there, there was some, yeah, blowback to yeah. that. Yes. Uh, yeah. Maybe a little bit, but 
I mean, I don't know how much. To me, it's he always still a won an Oscar case. for it. Like, well, so I still, mean, it's and, still. And Robert Downey yeah. Jr. was got an Oscar nomination for Tropic Thunder, so it's like. Yeah. I mean, I just, I think it's this. I think it's a sign of the times for most of all, uh, mostly. But I, also, it's just sort of like, it, it's like people got uh, on Brian Cranston's back, and I know Bill Burr brought it up in his special when Brian Cranston played uh, yep. the paraplegic. Yes. And, and, you know, he said, but it's acting, right? It's sort yeah. of like, I don't know how many paraplegic actors there are in the first place, but mm -hmm. once they found out, we, oh, we can get Brian Cranston and Kevin yeah. Hart's going to be the guy that helps him out. That's what I just, the same example as the Tom Cruise one I said. I'm yeah. sorry, you're going to book Tom Cruise because he's a star and that helps sell the movie. A lot of this is case by case scenario. And yeah. when it comes to the cartoon world, I know I do work in it. And you're right. To me, in my history, and I'm, you know, white privilege maybe, but every voice that I've ever seen someone get is based on mostly talent. It's one of the only aspects of the industry that very little nepotism happens or good guy, I'm going to book him type thing. It's predominantly that person does the best job. A lot of it is that. So it is a big gray area of what character can play what character because it is just your voice. And I don't know how they're going to deal with that, whether it's better representation or case-by-case -case scenario. Uh, I mean, the guy stepped down, so they're going to hopefully fill it with someone. But did he step down because he could feel pressure coming? Or did he step down because he was told? Maybe he we'll just felt... Know. Well, but I mean, um, from Big Mouth, Jenny Slate, is it Jenny Yeah, she Slate? did, yep. Yeah. She stepped down and she said, I just don't feel comfortable doing it. I don't think I should be voicing it. And that's yes. her own personal thing and good for her. Yeah. But I don't think people should be forcing people to quit their jobs. I mean, this all started with a poo, right? The documentary. <laughs> okay, I, sorry, I was like, a poo? Yeah. No, this no, this no, all no, started. No, no. I thought the number, you meant number two. And I'm like, what are yeah, you I talking know. about? Okay. <laughs> this is, uh, <laughs> it all started with a bowel movement? Yeah. I'm immature. I'm a little immature lady. Right. Uh, but uh, it all started with that. And now, you know, they stay, the Simpsons have gone even farther that they're going to make sure that every person that they hire now is going to be the right character being that person. So, you know, and I think it, but I think it's more that, that, that Apu was a stereotypically racist character. Oh, like, 100%. and I think that was the biggest problem with it is that yes. he was like stereotyping and everything. Yes. I don't, not so much that it was Hank Azaria, but I mean, that is also an issue, but I think we're going to get less stereotypical characters in cartoons, which is, I mean, part of cartoons is stereotypes. I don't know. Right, but I mean, the, 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 a lot of cartoons are, are built on extremes of, of versions yeah. of people in that. But the one thing about Apu was, you know, he was the probably the most successful business person on the show. He had probably the most morals of anyone on that show, and he, he uh, and he had a, a, this big, large family. And, and he was probably the one character on that show that you could probably look up to and say, well, all these other characters have these faults about them, but this is probably the one of the most outstanding characters on the show as far as a, a person. But that argument gets shot down when you ask every single person about a poo and they go, thank you, come again. That's what I was just about to say. Like he contributed so, to white people being mocking, like, mocking yes. Indian people. Yes, absolutely. So that's, like, that's, that's the problem. That was the problem. I, I no matter no how successful he was, yeah. Yes. The takeaway for that for most white children and teenagers was, thank you, come again. And I know maybe it's my own white guilt or whatever. I was never comfortable with the Apu character in The Simpsons either. 
for many years. Well, yeah. I, don't, I mean, I, I... Because of that, because that was the takeaway. If that wasn't the takeaway and people did see it the way you saw it, Dave, then it's a stronger argument. But the majority of the people take it yeah. away that right. it was mocking that culture. Well, yeah. Or, I'm sure or, people would go into 7-Elevens and say that to people working yes. there. I'm sure. I worked at a, I worked at a, I think I've said this before, Living History Museum, and people would go up to the native camp where natives were working and they'd pound their mouth and like, you oh, know, yeah. the Peter Pan thing. And it's, that's very offensive, but sure. it's, they learned that from Peter Pan. Yes. So let's cancel Peter Pan. No, it's I'm coming. just saying like there's stuff that we learned that we shouldn't have learned. <laughs> yeah.